Hello and welcome back to Best Regards, Brian. It's episode 6. Can't believe it's already March. This year has gone by way too fast. For this episode, I'm super excited to talk about what it's like to ramp up for a new job or role. I think this one will be very helpful for all the people starting a new job. And even if you're not in the business field, I have a feeling this is going to be really helpful. I'm going to provide a checklist of things to keep in mind as you're starting a new kind of project or role. And then I'll end it with just a few tips and just perspective from my end since I am in a rotational program and I just recently started my fourth and final rotation. And so with that being said, let's kick this one off. Woohoo, let's go. It's another week. I'm back and better than ever. I'm back in Austin. For those who might not know, I'm from Houston and I went to visit my parents just the other week right after that crazy blizzard winter storm hit all of Texas. And it was just good to go back. It's like sort of almost a tradition now. Every month I'll go back home just to see my parents. I think it is such a privilege and it's a great opportunity, especially right now when I know I'm working remote. It just makes sense with all this flexibility to see my parents. It's not like I'll have more time in the future to do that. So for any of those who have that opportunity as well, I would recommend it. I mean, I have an older brother and I know he is just getting busier and busier with his kids as they grow up. So it's an ordeal just to travel to see family. Even when COVID is gone next year, it's still going to be tough to coordinate. But yeah, it's been a good weekend. I'm recording this on Sunday, so a little bit of procrastination on this one, but with a good reason. A lot of my close friends from work are finally back. There was a weird hiatus ever since the fall where everyone was just leaving, going back home, moving in with loved ones just to save some money and as well as just get away from the city. I would say there hasn't been much to do really since the fall. I think right now everything is opening up and there's, you know, now there's no mask policy. Our governor, Greg Abbott, even came out and was like, yep, we aren't doing masks anymore in Texas. And I definitely am going to still be doing that regardless of whatever my state says. I think it's just too early to be doing this. And honestly, it's like a common form of courtesy now. I was just like catching up friends earlier this weekend and literally we were just chatting about how we haven't gotten sick as much as before, right? Obviously, we haven't been seeing as many people, but I swear by the masks that transmission of flus and other germs is just lower. There's such a lower chance now that people are probably healthier than they ever have been in a while. But anyways, I'm in a pretty good mood just because I'm an extrovert and I love seeing people. So it's nice just to get out of the house and to hang safely, of course, with a small group of friends and just to just to honestly get away from from the kitchen slash bedroom where that's where I usually am like 99% of my time these days. But anyways, yeah, so judging by the title, this is going to be a really great episode. Like I said at the intro, for those starting a new job or a new role or any sort of new project, I think in terms of my goals for this episode, it's really for whoever's listening to just come into an ambiguous environment and just a time of uncertainty when you start something new and you feel these emotions of uncertainty and you feel sort of scared, nervous, what have you, I want to help at least alleviate some of that and at least give you an idea of, you know, at least my experiences and how I've sort of adjusted and how I've mentally strengthened myself, if you will. 
And of course, by listening, I hope it helps you develop an idea or framework for how you want to approach these situations and ultimately helps you quickly and successfully onboard onto whatever new initiative that you want to do. And so just for context, for those just now tuning in, I am in a finance rotational program at Dell, and it is a two-year program with four rotations across six months. And it ranges from finance to operations to accounting and to sales strategy and yada, yada, yada. There's so many different possibilities and opportunities, especially within the corporate finance world. Honestly, these programs go really fast. I'm already in my last rotation and I'm not going to talk about my experiences. You can find that on LinkedIn. But what I really want to talk about is what it was like to work in an environment that was constantly changing every six months where I had new managers, new teammates, new responsibilities, and just overall my feelings and how I adjusted and what sort of advice I wish I would have known going into my first you know, job or my first kind of project and sort of how do you get this quote unquote ramp up is what we like to call it here at Dell. And that's just essentially how can you speed up that learning process and really start adding value to whatever initiative project role that you're in, right? I think that's super important. And it's really a skill and it comes through experience mostly. But I feel like it's such an important topic that isn't talked about a lot. I've seen online a lot of blog posts and a lot of advice on starting a new role. And you know, a lot of the advice is really good, but it's a little bit generic in my opinion. So today I want to go more in depth and talk about 10 key kind of points that I think are really good to keep in mind when starting anything new and will help you feel less stress and feel less pressured to perform and will give you a framework and an idea of what to expect. So jumping in, the first one's pretty obvious, so don't roll your eyes, but communication is king. So start setting up one-on-ones with your direct team members and anyone on your team just to start building context on the overarching org structure. I think this is super important and it honestly makes work a lot less stressful when you know who you're working with, you know what their personalities are like, and you know that you can trust them in the sense of when you can ask questions, dumb questions, and not feel judged, then you can make some darn good friends, whether they're in the same age group or not. I think there's so many cool people that you can meet at work and there's so many different things you can bond about and you wouldn't know if you didn't start that conversation. Because let's say you start a new role and you immediately jump in, you know your what your manager's looking for, you know what deliverables you have to do, but you never made time to talk with the individuals on your team. So when you're pointed at, hey, Mark knows that answer, but you've never even met with Mark and you've been on the team for like two months. I think that's a little awkward, but I'm sure some teams have that kind of relationship where you're only really talking work-related, but I know it's a huge industry shift right now where teams are encouraged to be more closely tied outside of work and having those personal connections. Of course, you don't want to force any of that, but I think everyone's seeing that the value in having close-knit teams that can relate more on a personal level is just a better recipe for success in terms of motivation, in terms of collaborating, exchanging ideas, and communicating openly, I think is rare on some teams that emphasis work first, play later. And of course, that balance is going to change depending on your role and kind of the job industry that you're in. But again, communication is so keen where even if it's just like 15 minutes, just getting on their calendar, talking to this person, like if you just think 
any like crucial role such as being a doctor or being an engineer or being a lawyer what have you communication skills are like super important in all of those fields i can't imagine doing a great job when you barely know who you're working with i think it leaves a lot of doubt it leaves a lot of uncertainty in your mind because you don't know the individual as well you don't know what their motivations are what their intentions are what their goals are and they don't know that about you either so there's a lot of potential miscommunication that could be happening in the future and that is definitely something you want to avoid and again you don't have to be like buddy buddy with everyone on your team but i think it's just common courtesy just to say hello get to know them who they are and honestly it makes work less of a job and more of something that interests me and i think is a great use of my time following that note the second one is also pretty closely tied to communication but this one is setting expectations with your manager so what do i mean that probably sounds familiar you might have heard it somewhere but essentially it's figuring out what sort of relationship do you want to have with your manager in terms of working styles each manager has a different management style and each individual works differently while the individual works better collaboratively like they like working on activities together or maybe they just like grinding alone and getting the work done and then reviewing with said manager, those are all appropriate and normal. It's just going and having that definitive conversation with your manager and saying, hey, this is how I work and this is in the past how I've communicated with my previous managers and team members. Is this something that we should continue? Can we adjust this to the point where it's most effective for both of us? And it doesn't have to be like a stressful conversation at all. It's usually pretty chill in my opinion. I've had three previous managers before this rotation and all of them are very, very different people. So at the same point earlier, it's really important to get to know who you're working with and you know what their goals are especially with your manager this is where you want to also make time to ask those important questions such as where should i focus my time after getting said crucial deliverables done right what other projects can i do where can i best focus my time so that it helps you do a better job and helps me learn the most and all overall help me succeed in your eyes And this point is extremely important, I think, regardless of what field. And I speak from previous experience, obviously, in the business world. But in general, you need to build trusted partners, trusted people in your environment. And you need to build this network of people that, you know, can speak well of you. And that goes a little bit back to networking. But obviously, that's a different conversation. But in general, what I'm hinting at is building a great brand, building those trusted networks, and having people that can speak to the work and your skills that you obviously have which will ultimately lead to a better opportunity in the future and it's just awesome to have like a good relationship with your manager where you don't hate the person i think in tv and media it almost portrays the relationship of in a manager and their employee as like oh hey you go do this kind of micromanaging relationship and that's definitely not the case So yeah, get that figured out early. The earlier, the better, just so you can have a zone in on what you need to do so you're not wasting time. And I think it's just good hygiene to be direct. That's something I'm still learning how to do because it's not great if you can't be direct. You will waste a lot of time trying to hope the other person gets what you're trying to say and understands what your motives are and what you're trying to do. But a lot of times that could result in miscommunication. And that's a big waste of time and a big risk because there's so much room for interpretation and you don't want to leave any room for that. So it's good to just be straightforward, lay out the grounds and lay out what you're expecting and understand what they're expecting in any sort of relationship. All right, so jumping to number three, 
I would recommend you develop a really strong understanding of your organization and the ecosystem that you're in. So we talked earlier about communicating with your direct team and understanding what your expectations are from your manager. But what I mean is having a broader sense and depth of understanding for what your organization does. So if you just zoom out, you know, who are the people that are parallel to your team? Who are your managers, parallel managers, and who do they all report up to? You know, who is the head honcho and what are they trying to solve? What's the problem and what's the end goal with this organization? I think these big picture sort of foundational understandings are important because they lay out ultimately why you do said deliverables and why your job even exists. If you can connect those big pieces together, it makes it so easy to take on new projects, create new ideas and to really innovate because if you come in and you're being taught what is right and you're being taught one plus one equals two, you have a perception that's built from someone else's experiences and not something built from your underlying understanding of what this organization is to do and what the problem is at hand. And so I'm just saying this is good advice if you are trying to long-term succeed in any kind of situation because you can't solve a puzzle with just the pieces. You need to know what the end puzzle is going to look like. I mean, I guess you could. It would just take forever. But think about trying to start a puzzle without knowing what you're building towards. I think that's a great segue to number four. So now that you've met with your team and your manager and you have an idea of what your organization does, now start meeting with your key stakeholders, right? So what that means is who are the people that depend on your work? Who are your customers? Who are your clients? What do they expect from you? How can you bring the most value for them? And you know what their responsibilities are and then sort of zone out and see what their organization is about. Again, I think that's going to help you do a better job, know your responsibilities better, and just perform top-notch. And jumping into number five, knowing your key business partners. And so these are people that support you and you collaborate with the most, whether you're trying to get, you know, XYZ report out the window, you are working on a project together. They're not on your direct team. Maybe they're in the HR team or maybe they're in the engineering team and you guys are working together like just in school on a project and you guys have maybe never met each other and maybe have different experiences and skills, but together you're trying to solve the problem at hand and you're trying to bring value to the organization and the team that you're supporting. And so it's incredibly important to get their perspective. And I like to always ask them, you know, what was set in the past in terms of what the analysts did? What were they impressed with? What can I do better on top of the current responsibilities that you're already expecting of me? And just in general, getting to know their work style and Again, going back to point number one, you're going to be working with them a lot. So it would be nice if you got along with them and if you guys were not just strictly work and that you could talk about other interesting personal topics. And, you know, it it would, would be a lot more fun where it's not so cut and dry, if you will. And who knows, you could get a mentor out of that and you could learn a ton. And so that's always a win win. So I know the first five are pretty closely tied, and that's the point. I'm not trying to add work to the already difficult uh, onboarding process of any new project or role, but these are important foundational things you should be doing as soon as you start up a new role or any kind of new project. All right, so jumping to number six, understanding what you do, whether you're in a corporate job like me, understand what your weekly and monthly and quarterly deliverables look like, understand why you're doing them, what the purpose is, 
and maybe keep it in the back of your mind. What are areas you can improve? Where can you save time so that you can go and do you know more projects or help out other team members? Because time is always the most limiting factor in whatever job you're in. So I think it's always good practice to develop a keen understanding of what you do and why you do, who it's for, and when you have to do them. So remember those five W's and the how. All right, so number seven, you've done a great job so far. You've been taking notes. You've been having one-on-ones. You've been learning a ton. Trying to absorb all of it is really tough, especially when it's like your first time hearing about it. I know at least at work for me, I learned so many acronyms that I had no idea what it meant initially, and it just boggled my mind because I can't draw from past experiences to solve like, what does this acronym mean? I can make up words in my head, but they don't have any meaning unless someone explains thoroughly, okay, what does this acronym stand for? And what is the meaning behind why this acronym even came into existence, right? Sometimes it's even good to ask like, why? Like, why do we do it like this? Sometimes I'll ask those kind of questions and some people don't know and that's okay. Just remember to stay curious. In the long term, it's incredibly important to be curious because that's where our lead are. They're always looking at the next problem or what the next innovative idea is. And that comes all from curiosity. So like I was saying, you've taken a lot of great notes and you've met a lot of people. That's great. But you know, a lot of the times I feel like you can take a lot of notes, but it'll get really messy if you don't revisit them and you don't thoroughly digest and understand what it is that you're writing down. Sometimes I'm guilty of this. I'll write down stuff that I know I might not look at ever again, or I'll write down stuff that honestly doesn't have meaning. I won't ever use it in my day-to-day. It just, I guess it just sounded interesting at the time. So try to be more concise with what you're writing down. But if you're not, that's okay. This is why you need number seven. Take time to read through all your notes and actually take the time to digest the information. And what I mean is take the time to ask questions about why you wrote XYZ And what was the intentions behind writing XYZ? Like, where does this fit into my overall role, my team? How does this help drive value for everyone? Stuff like that. I don't think there's enough emphasis on doing that because believe me, I take pages and pages of notes. Sometimes it's just scary to think about revisiting all of them. But that's that studying piece that never goes away. In college, you're told what to study. You're told what's on the exams most of the time. And you know what direction and what area to focus on. But in real life, that's not the case. You have to drive that direction and you have to drive just a concise process of figuring out what's important or not, figuring out what you don't know and still have questions about so you can ask them earlier on before it's too late. And it's like, hey, you've been here for like over a year and you still don't know this. So continue to use that new guy card. I think that's incredibly easy to get away with, especially in your first year of any kind of project, job, role, whatever. And now I'm sort of going into my eighth point, which is ask dumb questions earlier. Anything you don't get, ask about it. It's not that hard. I swear people don't get mad if you don't know the answer. They'll only get mad if you willingly lied and you willingly said things that confirmed you knew about what you were talking about when otherwise you literally didn't know what you were talking about the whole time. Don't pretend to act smart. It's okay to be the dumbest person in the room because that means you have the most to learn and the most to earn. I literally just made that up um, bars. But again, just take the time to revisit your notes, really understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish 
and get out all of those dumb questions as soon as possible and continue to take good notes. And in case there's someone that's going to backfill, you take over your responsibilities. You have everything in a centralized location, which ultimately helps you if you forget to do something or if you forget how you do XYZ report, you have all that crucial documentation stored up and you are going to make your manager's life so much easier if they have to find a replacement for you. And they're going to think so highly of you because you're so due diligent, aren't you? <laughs> okay, so number eight. So like I said, organization is super important. So something I like to do is put calendar invites, um, reminding me to do certain reports or to remind me to do something maybe even personal. I think in general, I'm a sort of forgetful person. So sorry if you're one of my friends. I think it's important though at work at least to have that good hygiene of remembering to do things that you're supposed to do consistently and on time and just sort of tying everything back into number nine. I think it's incredibly important to understand how your business or organization runs in terms of what systems you guys use. So we're getting more technical and what processes do you guys follow? So in terms of the pathway of communicating upwards to a VP, very company related kind of activities I'm describing but also just culture in general, understanding the people you work with again, and just understanding what's the norm. Can I wear a polo? Can I say these kind of things? Just understanding what's appropriate, not appropriate. Again, common sense stuff you should already be doing, but quickly just getting familiar with your setting and who the right people are to talk to for whatever questions you have. I think in general, again, this is probably just a combination of multiple points I've made earlier. Tying this all back into my final point, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay to feel stressed. I know not a lot of people like it, but it's going to come, especially with a new role or new anything that you start. You're going to feel uncomfortable. You're not familiar with anything. You don't know anyone perhaps, and you're feeling nervous. How do you live up to these expectations that you don't even know? What are the expectations really at this point? Like what is a good job? Define what success is. It's very different from person to person. And everything I've said earlier just helps you feel less stress about that in terms of maybe it's going to help you find the right answer by talking with team members and understanding what was done in the past. Or it just comes from getting more familiar, like I said, with the systems that you use and the culture that your company really emphasizes on. Whatever the project or role that you're starting, know that everyone goes through a tough first month and even three months to really getting familiar with everything they need to do. It can be really intimidating and challenging, but I hope by crossing off some of the points I made earlier on my little checklist for ramping up our onboarding, it makes your life a little bit easier and a little less stressful. All right, so wrapping up, if at the end of the day, I had to boil it down to a few points, I think purposeful one-on-ones, like I said, with your team members, your manager, and whoever business partners and stakeholders that are involved in your role, I think you should meet with them. And I think you should have questions for them. And I think you should get to know them because it's going to make your life easier in the future if you have questions or if you're uncertain, because those are the people that will help you out when you do need them. And again, be curious, ask questions, build out an understanding of parallel functions and connect to the broader ecosystem that you're in, to the role that you're in. And then continue to think about how you can go above and beyond the minimum requirements as you're learning about everything. 
And as you're learning, take notes and take some time to just think about what you wrote down and to think about what you're doing. I think it's so underrated that people don't talk about, hey, it takes some time to digest. It takes some time to fully understand and to connect the dots. You don't just hear one statement and and it automatically clicks with you. It just takes some time to figure it out. And I think everyone needs to be aware of that. Okay, I know that felt quick. Um, For me, it did but we're already at 26 minutes as I'm recording. So thank you again for listening. And if you're interested in just understanding more about strategies and advice that I have for succeeding in a new job, you can check out my LinkedIn, Brian J. Zhang. I do have one article on there about 10 tips, advice, you know, I wish I knew when I started my first job after college. I did write it about uh, half a year ago now. So definitely would check it out if you haven't. I think all of that advice on there still applies and it adds to the earlier points that I made in this episode. And that's a wrap. Don't forget, new episodes every Monday. I have a very special guest tuning in next week. Look forward to that. And thanks again. Best regards, Brian. 